by the folks in Virgin's Family Band. Uh, they are going to be playing at Shakori Hills next week. It is going to be a fantastic experience. This entire episode is going to be themed around Shakori Hills. Um, coming up in the second hour, I'm going to be joined by John O. Potts, and we are going to be giving away some tickets to Shakori, so definitely stay tuned for that. Um, these guys are going to be playing on Thursday at 8 p.m. in the Cabaret Tent, and thank you so much for joining me. You're Thanks. welcome. <laughs> Thanks for clapping. <laughs> all right, um, so I'm going to kick it off with the standard. Um, how did you guys all meet and get together to form Virgin's Family Band? I think Dakota's got this. <laughs> well, uh, I was a uh, freshman at uh, UNC Carolina, Chapel Hill, <laughs> <laughs> the college, and I was um, I was outside of uh, Ram's Head one day, and I saw this band playing, and it was... What was it called? The the band on the bands on the bricks. Bands on the bricks. And um I was like, I feel like these guys could go somewhere, but they're just missing a key element. So one and a half years later, a key element, yeah. <laughs> one and a half years later I joined and then then it became Virgin's family band, as you see it today. And before that it was uh it was Gabe and I I'm Sam. It was Gabe and I as a duo. Um, we started writing stuff towards the end of high school and uh, ended up putting out our, I guess what you would call our debut. It's um, 10 tracks called RGB over the course of a bike tour, which was about two weeks. And uh, after that bike tour, Gabe moved up to North Carolina. We played a few shows as a duo. Then we started adding more and more people to the band. And only as of like, Less than six months ago, is it this final five-piece lineup? Gotcha. Final for now, until we kick someone out. And so, when when you guys were <laughs> a duo, hopefully that doesn't happen within the next week. Um, when you guys were a duo, you were just called Virgins, right? Yeah, yeah, and that was the, yeah. So this bike tour, was that in Florida, or was that in North Carolina? The first one was Florida. It was from Miami to Orlando. The second one spanned Florida and Georgia. It was from Miami to Savannah, Georgia. And the last one, which was last summer was from Chapel Hill to Wilmington. Oh, wow. Yes. So how, it seems like a standard, like, oh, well, this is how it's different. But how, how different is that? Like, how how difficult is it to go about, you know, like, getting all of your equipment about and, I guess, just making it there on time? Like, how much of a difference did you guys have to deal with in going on bikes as opposed to, like, your recent uh, entire, like, East Coast tour that you did? Well, okay, Gabe and I have done it three times. Maybe, maybe ask Patrick about... What's how he feels about a bike tour, you know? Because yeah, um, he went on see, one bike car tours, tour, um, one bike tour. They hurt your glutes. You got to work your glutes a lot more on a bike tour than you would on, say, uh, an automobile tour, for example, or a horse tour. Um, yeah, a, a boat tour. If you, yeah, sure. Um, bike tours, you get really tired, you get really sweaty, and then you show up to the show and you're like, oh yeah, we're playing music, and it's actually it's kind of awesome because you get off your bike and you just. You feel good, and you feel like you're friends with all your bandmates because you've been biking with them for a few days. It's cool. Hotter, though. We do it in the summer for some reason. Yeah, what was the <laughs> longest you guys had to bike between shows? The, like, the longest days? Longest yeah, well, what was the longest distance? Oh, uh, the longest distance was over on the first bike tour. It was 75 miles in one day. Um, but that was over the course of, like, from the morning till about midnight. Um, and that we didn't even intend to, we, uh, 
that was one of our days off on the first bike tour, and we didn't have a show. And by the time we got to the town that we thought we were sleeping in, um, we realized that we didn't have a place to sleep. So we looked up the nearest motel, and it was like 20 miles up the road. And so we booked it uh, down US-1. And we made like crazy time. We were really tired and hungry, so just went to bed. Motivation. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you guys started this out in Florida. How has that been a different experience from making music and touring around in North Carolina? Well... We started in Florida, um, <laughs> as Gabe here. Uh, <laughs> Sam and I, starting in Florida, was pretty much just inside high school scene. Um, we only really played for our high school friends and random people at Starbucks occasionally. Uh, so we weren't really aware of the music scene, at least I wasn't, um, and where we, where we were inside the scene. Um, coming here, when I had visited... Um, the scene is much more transparent and accessible. Um, you could you could see the moving parts. You could see people that are doing things in the scene at a coffee shop, and you can meet up with them, talk to them, approach people, and that was really appealing. Which is one reason I wanted to come here. Um, yeah. Yeah. So was the scene a part of the draw here? I know what was it college that initially brought you here sam yeah uh i came to i went to unc sort of on a whim um i didn't i never like visited the school or anything but i got in and i thought it'd be cool to go to north carolina and then gabe visited once before moving here um and i guess at that point that was like one of the deciding factors he came here and saw what it was all about and decided i'm coming here awesome so Family band, why did you guys choose to call it Virgin's Family Band instead of just keeping the moniker Virgin's? Uh, it, it sort of has to do with, um, I guess, our approach to writing. Yeah, um, you know, we do, uh, we, we were all, you know, friends and we knew each other before playing music together. Um, so it kind of makes sense that as we would like, as our relationship would develop into something, more official and professional like a band or something that's way more task oriented and whatnot we get to know each other a lot better and we do essentially become a family just by being around each other so often by performing so many different activities together um and it's got the ups and downs of, of a family you know definitely so how did you see the band change stylistically as you added more and more members to the band i mean just <clears throat> since joining you know we've talked a lot about um, the new sorts of approaches to songwriting that we're going to take, you know, and uh, I, I haven't been in the band very long, so I was around when the Virgins EP came out originally, and I liked that, and then I heard Honey Lion in, I guess, the spring that it came out, and I was super attracted to that one song, Farah, and um, that's just how I knew them by, and once I got in and kind of saw how it worked, you know, it was really cool to see just how the songwriting had changed. Because, you know, in, in the beginning, it was just Gabe and Sam writing songs that they were playing as they're biking around, you know. And then Honey Lion was written with, um, I guess, six of the six of you. Yeah. And then and then some some members left and then I joined. So now that this is sort of a new phase in itself. We are now like using a synth i don't know how much that's going to change it but you know and we're 
we're also looking to maybe simplify some stuff that we're doing as well, you know, and leave more space in our music. Gotcha. All right, so talking about Honey Lion, um, how did you guys come up with the name for this album? (laughs) Phil here. Yeah, (laughs) Phil here. Uh, Honey Lion was kind of actually, we were just kind of brainstorming in the basement at Pennock for a long time because we had really no idea how to name things. Um, It kind of just kind of came out. We just we were talking about uh, kind of textures and colors associated with the sound, and honey was one of the ones that really kind of stuck. Uh, stuck. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, and then we just kind of put it together with um, just Gabe had like yeah Gabe had the nickname Lion for a long time, and I guess still kind of does. And so uh, we just kind of threw them together, and it sounded good. And, we had a whole idea for the cover, which was kind of cool. I mean, it was cool to have, like, a visual aspect to the music. Right. So it, that kind of went hand in hand at this point. Because I was getting ready to ask you guys about the concept of the album cover and it coinciding with these, like, I guess, paper mache or whatever type heads that you guys use when you play shows sometimes. Well, that that was kind of, that wasn't our original intention. Um, right. We were approached by our friend Alan Best. Um, who kind of just came up and said, hey, can I make you guys heads? And we, we kind of didn't know what to say. All right. So the animal heads came after the album cover. Um, after I had, I had ran into Alan Best at one of our shows or somewhere, um, and we started talking a lot. He was really creative and sparked a lot of um, great inspiration and what we could do together. Um, he had worked with paper hand puppets growing up since he was seven, being in their shows. Um, his mom was really active in that as well. And so I had seen, well, he, he had showed me um, one of the, some of the masks he had made before in his garage where he had just started trying to do his own, own work. And I just had the idea with the animals that we had that maybe he could create some sort of puppetry with them, um, bring them to life. And I had no idea it was going to be what he ended up making it at all. He just sort of took it and ran, and one day I went to his house, and there was his giant lion head, um, and it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And, yeah. That's, that's awesome. And is this the same guy that put together the puppet show as well? Yeah, yeah. So he heads up he heads up the puppet team at most of our shows, and I really enjoy working with him to just brainstorm and create random show ideas, different things that we think would be cool and feasible. He's really practical and good about keeping my head and and things that we could actually do and then making them happen. So what's what's the theme behind this sort of puppet show? Like how, what sort of creative input do you guys have with it? Or is this sort of just Alan creating a show to coincide with the music that you guys have? Mm -hmm. Um, I work really closely with Alan. Um, I'll, I'll bring an idea. I'm usually the one to bring an idea first and then he'll take that idea and then just starts bouncing back and forth until it's just a mutual a mutual um a mutual idea a mutual thought um so it's really nice to be able to blend me as sort of a spokesperson for the music aspect and that and then him with like the actual tangible puppetry and to have have us both be on the same page um and have created the same thing um have the same investment in it and for the folks that weren't out at, like, I know you guys did it at the album release show. I'm not sure how many other shows you guys have done it at, but can you kind of outline what some of these shows have been like? 
Mm-hmm. Um, the first one that we we went big on was our album release show with the we had a a shadow a shadow puppet screen that we had swung down, and we um, we used we did about three shadow sequences, and then we also integrated some of the the puppet heads, and that was all we had at the time. So really, from show to show, it's sort of taking stuff that we already have that Alan has, and then building upon it. Um, so like we really. I love playing with the shadow screens, especially when you could see it. You could see the visuals going. You could see all these puppeteers, um, five or six we had it locally grown, that are like really invested in. They're performing alongside us, um, so it really makes me feel a part of something bigger, um, where we're both performing, and it's this big, <laughs> bigger performance than just us playing some tunes. Yeah, and I remember when I first saw the puppet show. I recognized Alan. I did not know at all who he was at that point, but I have seen him at every single Shikori Hills. And I was just like, that's that guy from the festival. Are you guys going to be doing something like this at your Shikori set? Yeah, yeah, we're working with him right now. Um, we'll, be, we'll be in the cabaret tent, and we're hoping to have, have some, some new things that we haven't brought out before. Um, I'm not sure we'll be able to integrate the shadow, the shadow sequences um, due to a few things with the stage and the lighting. Right. But... We're definitely gonna have have something going on, and probably outside of the show too. Alan and I are gonna maybe just walk around with some of the puppets and have some fun. Awesome, yeah. Shakori is definitely a great place to do something like that. Um, these guys are gonna be playing next week on Thursday. That's the first day at Shakori Hills. They're gonna be playing at eight o'clock in the cabaret tent. If you guys stay tuned throughout the second hour, we'll be giving away some tickets for Shakori Hills. And right now, we are getting ready to take a break for these guys to do a brief performance. Um, you guys are getting ready to hear Temper from Virgin's Family Band, and that is from their album Honey Lion that came out earlier this year. It's absolutely fantastic. You guys are listening to the first episode of Carolina Grown right here on WKNC 88.1. <laughs>
back with Carolina Grown. I am sitting here with the folks from Virgin's Family Band. You guys just heard Temper. That was from their album Honey Lion. Uh, later on in the hour, you're going to hear a couple of other songs as well. Going to get some new stuff in as well, that new, new coming in. Um, but uh, first off, coming in hot. yeah, coming in hot with the new, new. <laughs> um, but speaking of new, new, kind of, um, you guys, uh, was this your first, your first, <laughs> was this your first uh, tour that you guys did up the East Coast? It, this was a pretty big deal for you guys, if I remember. Have you yeah, guys been doing, yeah, you guys have been touring inside of states from what i've heard but i don't know is this the first time you guys have gone on like a multiple state endeavor so to speak yeah it was it was also my first tour in general you know so it was super fun and i know we were talking about bike tour earlier and i was super pumped that it wasn't one of those <laughs> you mean you didn't just ride the bike behind <laughs> we yeah bike? we biked to new york city actually yeah <laughs> but no it was super fun you know it was uh 10 days and um, I think we played seven shows or something. We played like ten. No, it was like eleven days. days we played nine. Shows. Eleven days, nine shows, and uh, there's a good mix between venues and house shows. And then near the end, we had some sort of like homecoming kind of shows. You know, we uh, we had a really great crowd in Raleigh, and um, right. And you guys played at. I believe it was it Slims, and that was with yeah. Ghost Blonde Slims. and Pre Clinic for that Pre-clinic, one. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. So, how do you guys go about uh, your different setups as opposed to playing a house show and like a venue show? You just prepare to get wild. You play a house, house show shows. when you can't get a regular show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had behind we had, the music. Uh, we had one house show after a venue show in Philadelphia, and that was uh, in the basement of of our. Uh, not our friend Lauren's house, but our friend Lauren's friend's house. Oh, um, yeah, that was uh, that was awesome. West that Philadelphia, was, like in in a basement in West Philadelphia, and it was really hot. We walk in there, and there's this like surf rock band with a pretty scary front man playing <laughs> before us, and uh, it's just like sweaty. There's a makeshift bar in the back with like a bar, like a pretty much a bartender charging a dollar for. Anything. Anything you want. All right. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> anything you want. Yeah. And, um, Something no one wants. No, we get in there and it's, it's, it's raucous. I mean, we played that, the, the venue we played earlier was, we had played a church and it was big, you know, big room, big sound. Um, we get in there, just tight, crammed basement, hot. We ended up, you know, getting, kind of naked to play <laughs> the show. I think I burnt my clothes just, like, after really, that. really <laughs> steamy and, and the sound was just like, crunchy the whole time you know it was really crunchy vocals guitar the drums were just like going really punk and everything and um i i played bass for <laughs> a song and it was i don't know it was really hardcore and um yeah it was that that was a killer house party so how was the reception at most of these shows you know like how it seems like it's a big deal to go to these cities a lot for the first time I know a lot of them have a lot different markets than they do out here in North Carolina, and you guys don't have as much of an established base. Um, so how how is it going into that? Like, how is the reception? How is the turnout? I mean, turnout was actually pretty good. Um, there were, like you said, a couple cities who that have 
slightly different feels to them. Uh, we made a stop Worcester. in uh, Worcester. Worcester, Massachusetts, which is... Um, oh, man. Worst it, town on earth. Well, <laughs> it might have been a great place, like, back it's when, like... Sodom. There was when there were horse tours. When there stuff. was an industrial boom, but now it's just, like, a bunch of, like, empty factories and open parking lots and screamo and hardcore bands, and we were sandwiched between three of them. And <laughs> Sam, Sam uh, had an escaped mental patient who fell in love with him. It was awesome. It was a crazy town. It was a weird, weird town. I don't think we're ever going back there, but... <laughs> no way, man. I uh, left my guitar there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that that would be the only reason we go back. Uh, but then, like, cities like Brooklyn and D.C. seem to really, like, like what we played. So, I mean, from night to night, it was really interesting to kind of see who would come out and how good the crowd would be. Definitely, and it seems like you guys gathered quite a few tour stories <laughs> from yeah. this endeavor. Tour stories. Tour, tour yeah. story. Tour story. <laughs> story. I see what you did there. Uh, All right, funny, so yeah. in terms of, uh, this is your big, your first big tour outing. Um, have you guys played a multi-day festival like Shikori before? Yeah, we yeah we did Eno, uh, which it's only two days, but... um. Aside from that, actually, we've, that's the only multi-day festival. We've done uh, one-offs here and there. Um, one of the cooler ones we did was, or when I say cool, I mean just like a surprising crowd. No, surprisingly, surprising crowd location and stuff was that uh, Carborough Block Party that uh, the Love Language and Lost in the Trees were playing at. And we were playing inside the Arts Center. And, uh, I mean, maybe it was just like the weather or, or what. Everyone came inside, and we, had to, we like stacked the Arts Center with a bunch of people. One of, I would say... One of our best shows to date. That's awesome. Yeah. So how do you guys go about approaching a festival show as opposed to doing a one-off show? <laughs> I, I've, so I've always kind of thought that uh, with festivals, I think we're we're a lot looser at festivals. We're like... Uh, and the next band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and the way yeah, uh, someone else no had asked me about a festival you. once, and I said, like, uh, especially... We did Carborough Music Festival the other day, and more than ever, this was... This was uh, present you're kind of you, you really feel like a, a piece in a bigger machine at a festival so even going into your set and coming out of your set it, it's almost like you're just sort of performing a service for the greater good of everyone at the festival you know because people are walking around and some people will come to particularly see your band but at festivals like that and even shikori um people are just like hanging out hoping to hear good music wherever they are so you're just sort of like bringing bringing whatever it is you do um to throw a big party, basically. Whereas with like a, a one-off show where it's like you know one or two bands or three bands on the lineup at a venue, dark room, very very much focused on what's happening on stage, there is a slight, there is slightly more pressure on the bands playing, and it's also there's a lot more focus too. I mean, in, not to say that it doesn't matter what you're playing at a festival, but it's sort of there's a uh, I know what you I don't mean. It's really humbling to be playing a quiet song and hear a dad rock band in the background, you know, at a different stage, going, bat, 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 you know, so it's just, it's... Or in the case of Shikori, Dawn of the Buffalo. Yeah. Always playing on some washboard or, or morning something. Morning Brigade. <laughs> washboard. That's not an instrument. <laughs> it can be. Yeah. And you will hear a lot of it out of Shikori Hills. Um <laughs> Speaking of that, we're going to take a quick break again. Uh, you guys are going to hear some... Yeah, speaking some of washboard. washboard, we're going to give you guys a little washboard solo up here. Just three minutes of washboard from Virgin's Family <laughs> oh, no. Band. Um, actually, we are getting ready to go into the song, Farah, 
from their album Honey Lion. Uh, then we're going to come back and have a little bit more chit-chatting after I play some music. And then you will hear a new song at the end of this segment. And like I said, definitely stay tuned throughout the second hour. Uh, going to have John O. Potts from Shakori on. And we are going to be giving away some tickets. It is going to be fantastic. So definitely stay tuned. You are listening to Carolina Grown. into Carolina Grown. This is the very first episode, and I'm very excited to be joined by the guys in Virgin's Family Band. You guys have listened to a couple of live tracks from these guys, although this is pre-recorded, so technically it is no. not live. <laughs> I know you lose the studio magic, but gotta let them know. Gotta let them know. Secrets out. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. But um, you guys have heard a couple of tracks from these guys, and we're gonna do a little bit more chit-chatting right now. Um, 
So, what do you guys have in the works? I know you guys have clearly got some new music. Where are you going to be taking this? Of course. Of course. Of course. Well, we've got a... Uh, well, I don't, it's not 100% clear what we're doing, but there's, uh, there is some stuff in the works. We're, we're writing new material. Um, we just just recently finally sunk into a good writing groove. Um, it had been like months since we had written something together. And I mean, personally, I had tried writing stuff for a long time and I couldn't, I was just at a block. Um, I don't know what it was. I think I needed to listen to more music. But um, yeah, we just over the last couple of days have started working on some new stuff and it's it sounded pretty cool. Pretty significantly different from Honey Lion. Um, obviously, there's, there's going to be some, you know, uh, resonance from Honey Lion because it's the same folks playing it. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, it, like Dakota said, we got a synth. <laughs> and, uh, and so we'll see. So we can expect some wobbles, some bass yeah, drops. Yeah, I mean, that, like it gives us a lot more room to like uh, to, to try some interesting things that we couldn't have done with our previous setup. Yeah, yeah, with our guitars and our drums. <laughs> and uh, I, just, I know that we're really excited about it. Even in the last few days of just working on it together, um, it's I know it's for me it's felt really really great it's felt like we're finally sort of coming back together to work on stuff and you know it, it yeah it feels really good and I'm excited yeah so what what kind of adjustment period did you guys have you know with getting a new member in um, it seems like Dakota hasn't really been on that long yeah we're still breaking him in yeah and um, so what how have you seen the songwriting process differ well I mean as weird you know I came in and I had to learn about well an album's worth of songs in about a week and then sam was also like and we're writing this new one you know so it was right off the bat <coughs> we were writing something but after that it was really all about like tightening up you know so i think that's why um <laughs> <laughs> some uh laps in the writing you know we uh we've been playing a lot of shows and it's hard, you know, to write music. You have to really sit down and commit to it and be ready to just work through a bunch of stuff that just doesn't, doesn't sound, sound good. good at all, you know. And oh, you, it's like it's all about experimenting and seeing what works, you know, because we're not a, a three-piece, you know, where you're just like, well, here's the chords, here we go. You know, we it's it's more orchestrated than that, which I think is why it takes a while. Right, so how, how do you begin the process? Like, how how does this all start to come together? Who kind of builds the foundation or do you guys just kind of come in with a melodic idea and just flush it out from there? It's mainly just themes. Um, we have just kind of sparse ideas that could be as much as just two notes. And then you bring that to someone else and see kind of where it goes. We've been kind of doing sort of uh, small member writing sessions where it's like you have two or three people kind of going over an idea and then giving it off to other people, seeing what happens, and then kind of working together from there. So it, it's never really like one person has a solid song structure. So That's pretty awesome. I've, I've got to admit, I don't think I've ever heard someone explain that they can start it off with just like a two-note refrain. Because I talked with um, folks in The Brand New Life actually recently, <laughs> and they were talking about how you know you kind of bring in a melody... And it becomes almost like a conversational type of piece. And you can find out different areas of the rhythm that just kind of come about that you wouldn't have even known 
when you're playing with these other people and their natural rhythms come in. So speaking on that, um, what kind of musical backgrounds do all of you guys have? I think it's everywhere. Um, yeah, it really is everywhere. Yeah. Um, just kind of... <laughs> everybody started fairly young as far as I can tell. Um, yeah. All classically trained. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Music. Yeah, I guess Dakota I, I, started playing I, classical, I play classical music. music. I started playing classical music. music. I started with Van Halen, I so... With, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I started with guitar. Halen, I didn't even start with drums, yeah. so... yeah. That's why music sounds like classical ACDC. <laughs> you, were, you were raised in the church. That's where your first instrument. <laughs> um, it's really, Phil and I have a good bonding from our drumline experience. So that's helped us be able to communicate um, on stage tremendously. Um, I draw from my experience on drumline a lot, being able to, where you have to listen left, right, listen in. A lot of the listening you have from the phasing that you would get between the, the front ensemble, the conductor, where, where time is. Um, a lot of these things really helped me out with Phil. Um. <laughs> so were you guys in bands before this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were, um, some of us were in a band called The Dirty Fancy, which is on hiatus right now. <laughs> but we have um, a couldn't tell you why those guys are laughing. Um, it's very serious. You yeah. hear the laughing. I hope not. Anyway, we were in a band called The Dirty Fancy, which is sort of a, more of like a decentralized, um, like a like a sort of an R&B project that we had. Uh, played a few shows in Chapel Hill. We were also in, um, there's been several bands that we've moved through. Yeah, Sam was in uh, Greater Than Pound Squared. Gabe was in Exaltation and Catalyst. Phil, what was your band called? There was Civil Wolf. Dakota was in um, the Fedoras. <laughs> anyway, yeah, there's been plenty of projects. So yeah, but then we all kind of met up together, and it's been uh, it's been great ever since. I think this is by far the project that's lasted the longest, and that we we've been most invested most seriously, in. Yeah. And the best music. Yeah, and has not well, been fancy. terrible. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, Dirty Fancy was great, but that was who really knows great. when those guys are coming back. <laughs> All we can do is hope yeah. at this point. The hero that we'll let you know deserves. That. Awesome. Well, uh, going to be wrapping things up right about here. Uh, these guys are getting ready to play a new song. Already played it, actually. Already played it. You're ruining the magic <laughs> of the studio. <laughs> ruining the magic of the studio. It's opening up the time capsule. Yes, we're going back in time. So From you the guys vault. Can hear this track is a new song, so new that it doesn't even have a title yet. Untitled. So, yes, this is untitled parentheses new song by Virgin's Family Band. You're listening to them right here on Carolina Grown. As I said earlier, these guys are going to be playing at Shakori Hills next week. They're going to be playing Thursday at 8 p.m. at the Cabaret Tent. It's going to be a fantastic show. I'm looking immensely forward to it. Uh, we're going to be giving away tickets to Shakori Hills later in the next hour. After this, you are going to hear the new song from Virgin's Family Band, and then we're going to have a whole bunch of local music lined up for you guys leading into the second hour. So thank you guys for joining me, and you guys are about to listen to some brand new music from Virgin's Family Band. Thank you, Grant. Thank you. Thanks.
by Jono Potts from the Shikori Hills Grassroots Festival. Thank you for coming in here, man. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Grant. It's great to be here. We're really excited about the festival coming up and the opportunity to talk with you guys for a little bit. Oh, you and me both. Got Shikori, I say this all the time, but Shikori is easily one of my favorite festivals of all time. There's just such an awesome community out there. It's, it's just incomparable. And thankfully, we have three pairs of tickets here for single-day passes for Shikori, so... Three of you are going to get the chance throughout this hour to check out one of these days of Shikori Hills, and it's going to be fantastic. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so first off, how long have you been involved with Shikori? Well, the Shikori Hills thing actually goes through what's called the Finger Lakes Grassroots Festival, which started in upstate New York, which is my hometown. And that's been going for 23 years now. So I was 10 years old when that started, and I've been here since the beginning. Uh, very, very involved over the last couple of those. So. Awesome. And Shikori has been going, how many years is this? It started in what, 2003, 2004? I think it's 10 years now, but you know, a couple of years back we started doing two a year, so it increases the overall number. It's a little tricky to keep up with. I'd right, to- right. And how... How did you guys decide to start doing this like twice a year? Like, what what sparked this well, decision? The original thing with the whole grassroots is the design. The, and the idea was to actually do them one every season up and down the eastern seaboard, and then they did it for a while. And eventually, Shikori, this area of North Carolina, just seemed like a great fit, and it it really has been. So they moved down here, uh, found a beautiful seventy-two acre farm out in Chatham County, and have uh, since grown into a you know, 10,000-person festival twice a year. It's a blast. Yeah, it's it's insane because it's... I'd never really known the numbers, but at 10,000, that's... It's absurd how community-based this festival still continues to be. Um, how, how do you guys seem to draw that line between pulling in these crazy-known international artists and then keeping this local focus? Well, you know, we start with the local bands. That's where it's all going to start for something like this. I mean, the whole concept of grassroots, you know, it's supporting arts, education, and the community. So you have to start with the local bands. They're going to create your base. And this festival would never succeed if it wasn't for all the local volunteers and those people being involved. I say 10,000. That's a give or take number. But with such a big area out there, it never has that feel of, you know, a Bonnaroo or something like that. It's a very small, like, easygoing vibe most all the time. Yeah, and it's and it's great though because there's unlike those festivals, I mean like you can wake up and the minute you wake up there's something going on. Like mm-hmm. you can wake up and there's yoga at nine in the morning. I woke up one time and there was like a uh like a healing service going on, I believe, or something like yeah, that. On yeah, yeah, the there's all stage. that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm looking at the program right now and I mean you could be up at nine AM doing yoga, there's kids yoga, there's ten segrity, there's dance workshops. You know, there's great food. There's always something going on. It's a very interactive festival. And the more that people get involved, the more they seem to enjoy it. I have a lot of friends who've come out and then volunteered. And they they do refer to it, like you're saying, as it's a family. The festival itself is a group of people that are there all the time, you know, looking after it and working together. And it'll always be that way. And that's what's so great. People ask me, you know, what's my favorite thing? And for me, it's the conversation. It's the people. It's those moments you're out there. You see these people. I have friends, family that I really see once or twice a year, but I can say that to be great friends. You see them at Shakori. I, I have that a lot. Um, I was talking earlier in the past hour, I was talking with the guys in Virgin's Family Band. Um, they have a guy that uh, works on the puppets and puppetry for them. His name's Alan, and I saw him doing the puppets at their album release show, and I was like, 
that's that guy I see at every single Shikori roaming around like barefooted, enjoying himself. I think he plays in the Air Mountaineers. Yeah. Um, works with uh, some of the paper hand puppet people who are always out there. Such an always awesome time. Um, how many volunteers do you guys usually have? Oh, geez. I, I would have to look at the numbers. It's it's a lot. It's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of volunteers all the time. And I mean, it depends on when you look at, you know, there's all the people that come out and set up and put the tents up and, and build the stage. And then the people who tear it down, then you have your compost and your cycling right down to the people working the monitor boards and moving gear around for the bands. I mean, the whole thing, every aspect from top to bottom is put on by volunteers, run by volunteers. And it's a it's a 24 hour a day thing. A lot of people don't realize. Yeah. Yeah. how much is going on behind the scenes so it's pretty cool it's it is and how early do you guys start with this volunteer work i know um a couple years back i went out to just kind of check out how the volunteer work set up um help put up a tent uh help organize i believe it was the cabaret tent that i helped put up and uh it's just crazy seeing all this stuff and that was i believe like two three weeks out at that point yeah i mean it's it's like a month out we actually have in the fall it's a little easier we have a fiddler's convention the hoppin john fiddler's convention happened i believe two weekends ago now so we actually have a ten thousand square foot dance tent that we put up but that was put up for that for the other fiddler's convention so that got us a little ahead of schedule but i mean it's easily a month out although that there's people out there there's caretakers there's people out there mowing the lawns you know working on roads permanent infrastructure all the time out there year round because where grassroots happens with the Shikori Hills is there's actually also an arts and community center that's out there. So there's always stuff going on. Right. And so I know a while back there was a, a big deal about getting the land purchased. Is is this is this Shikori land now at this point? Well, yes and no. What we're working on right now is about to happen is there's going to actually be a community-based mortgage. Um, and the way that'll work is that the grassroots organization is getting very involved, and Shikori Hills as well. And that people out there that are listening, anyone, uh, if they're interested, especially you should be able to find out all this information at the festival. We'll have a table set up. Um, we're going to talk about raising money to, through the community, purchase this property. And this will be an investment in, in the future, in the community, in the organization itself, but also you know, it can be a financial investment as well. And through that, we will purchase the property. But yeah, I mean, it's in our name. We do have it. It's not going anywhere. Shikori Hills will be around for years and years and years to come. That is awesome to hear because, as I know, I told everyone, as long as I am in North Carolina, hell, as long as I'm in driving distance of this festival, like you, I just got to go out there. It's an experience that few festivals can really match. There's there's not a lot of pretensions that you see with a lot of the festivals that you see around here. Um, it's just a fantastic thing. And right now we're going to get ready to play a couple of artists that are going to be playing at Shakori. Uh, right now you guys are getting ready to hear Bombadil. Uh, going to be playing some Lost in the Trees after that. They are some Shikori alumni. And you're going to be hearing some artists that have played in past years, artists that have been playing next week, and going to mix it in. And after this uh, next break, we are going to probably be giving away one of these pairs of tickets. So definitely stay tuned. You are listening to Carolina Grown right here on WKNC 88.1. WKNC 88.1, we are back with Carolina Grown. You guys were just listening to a couple of Shikori artists. Uh, you heard Lone Lands with Girl I Haven't Met. Those guys played in the spring. I was just talking about the incident that they had with a tornado warning. And that was that was something. That was something. Um, 
Before that, you heard Lost in the Trees with Red and Bombadil with Angeline. Bombadil is going to be playing at this year's festival, which is next week. These guys are going to be playing on Friday night at 1030 on Carson's Grove stage, which is the last place I believe that I saw Bombadil at Shikori. And it's just, they. I feel like they fit the environment at Shikori so perfectly, and I don't know what it is about them. I, they definitely have the right sound to fit, to fit in. It, it's, a, it's a beautiful spot out there that just easygoing music really fits in, especially down there. That stage is tucked right down in the woods. It's a permanent stage right there. It's beautiful, and they, you're right, fit beautifully there. Yeah, and it's that's the thing about Shakori is there's such a wide array of music that you can really say that about a lot of bands. Like a whole lot of bands just really fit Shakori, like the local folk band and the dude that comes from Ethiopia. Like, it's all the same. It's pretty amazing the way that happens. Actually, you know, I've been involved a long time and I love music, but every year I always look forward to, there's going to be a band that you're going to see that you've never heard of before. It's going to blow your mind. There's one, at least one every year so you know get out there and move around a lot some people are like you know they go to some festivals these big ones are like oh i gotta be at this stage at this time and that stage at that time but with grassroots it's like you know do go see the bands you want to see that yeah. you're excited about but also just get up and move around a little bit you never know you're gonna walk in next thing you know you're swinging around to a zydeco band that's blowing your mind or you're standing in the rain in front of some ethiopian band you know exactly it's, it's amazing it's crazy because it's the music is going pretty consistently throughout the day, and you can wander around so easily at Shikori. It's like, I'd say under like three minutes, I'd say, to get to any given stage at the festival, which is just perfect. Like, you can hear sounds bleeding over, like, from the other ones. There's the thing I was talking about is like, you've always got some Dawn of the Buffalo, like, bleeding through somewhere. You got yeah. some washboard going, you're always going to hear it. And, um, it's just perfect because there's so much music that I have started listening to because of Shakori that I probably wouldn't have. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, you look at me. I'm, you know, I'm a white guy with a red beard, and I love to Zydeco dance. And you know, yeah. why would I ever do that? I don't know. If it wasn't for you know Preston Frank and Keith Frank and those guys being involved at grassroots, that that would have never happened. And now, you know, we have the Miami thing, so we're bringing up Latin funk bands like Swainalo and bands yes. like Elastic Bond. That I mean, if you're out there, you got to check these guys out. They're amazing. Yeah, I, it's just like you were talking about, you know, like there's these bands that you would just never expect. Like Swinelo just kills it every single time. Uh, Locos Porwana, always out there doing it hard. Um, I remember walking up on, it was local, it was Diali Sissoho. Um, I think it was in 2011. And that was like my first experience with like African music at all. And then I just like went down the lineup. I was like, all right, I need to see this, I need to see this, I need to see this. And Shakori has consistently given me that. And uh, so thank you guys for that. You guys got me interested in Afrobeat. But um, what what are some of these standout artists that, that you see this year? Well, I mean, there's there's a, a bunch of stuff. Like I said, Swainalo is coming up. They're amazing. I mean, there's, you know, a couple big headliners. Yonder Mountain String Band is going to come out this year. I think a lot of our listeners are probably familiar with them. They're, they're a huge draw. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Sunday night, there's a band I've been wanting to see my whole life, and that's Robert Randolph and his family band. Definitely. I mean, this guy is a slide guitar player that'll just make you cry. Uh, but there's a lot of really fun stuff. You know, like I said, the Preston Frank at the Zydeco is going to happen. Um, there's a lot of music coming down from uh, New York. This band Driftwood, these are good friends of mine. They are they are up and coming, fun. If you like the you know that Avid Brothers sound, that really fun banjo fiddle stuff, these guys are great. Um, once again, you never know. There's a 
This guy Cedric Watson is coming with I can't even know if I can say it Bijou Creole and that these guys are I mean I've heard the record I've never seen them but it's going to be one of those bands that if you walk up to this it's you're not going to hear this music anywhere else right and uh, it's funny you mentioned Driftwood because the first time I saw these guys a friend of mine that camps out at Shakoria with us it's from Binghamton Driftwood's from Binghamton he saw these guys and his mind was blown because he was like I didn't think anything good ever came out of Binghamton (laughs) no no I hear you you know and it's interesting they have another side project going with a couple of the members of that band and it's it's called Milkweed and they're coming down as well awesome another really neat thing about Driftwood is is that we also have a band competition every year so if you're interested and you want to come out you want to play Driftwood won the band competition in New York three years, four years ago, and it's just propelled them to now. They played the grandstand in New York this year, uh, which is one of our stages up there. You couldn't literally hardly get close enough to see them. The crowd was so big. Yeah, and I know Shakori has probably done a lot for them in North Carolina because I know a lot of people now are familiar with Driftwood because of Shakori Hills. Those guys, the first time I saw them, they played every single day at Shakori, which is great because... That's one of the things that's like, if you miss someone, chances are you might get the chance to see them again throughout the weekend. Yeah, I mean, we got four days, four stages, and over 40 bands with music going from, I mean, you know, early afternoon until you don't want to dance anymore, pretty much. So it's it's a good opportunity to see a lot, a lot of music. Yeah, and so we were talking about the highlights you have this year. What are some of your highlights overall from the entire from like from past. all of it, oh man, there's been some really good ones. Uh, Campbell Brothers up in New York is a gospel band that plays in Rochester, actually, and they've done some shows where I've seen them literally have 3,000 people jumping up and down together. Um, I had the pleasure of seeing Locals Porwana uh, play several different times. They're absolutely amazing coming out of Miami. Uh, Los Lobos played in New York. Um, that's one of my like you know hero bands, yeah. and they crushed it. Um, I mean, I've seen some amazing, amazing reggae and stuff. Oliver Takuzi played last year, and I actually Gosh, sat so right on the side of the stage uh, with a friend of mine and watched the drummer. I mean, I literally sat for over an hour and just watched this guy play, and it's just these little moments, you, you know, it's so much fun. And hopefully you guys are going to be getting some of these moments. We're about to take a break right now. I'm going to play some music from Corn and the Colonels with Pretender. But as you guys hear this song come on, you should call in at 919-515-2400 or at 919-515-0881. Tell me the artist that you are most excited to see at Shakori Hills, and you'll win yourself a pair of single-day tickets to go out to Shakori next week. That is from Thursday to Sunday. But without any further ado, you guys are about to listen to Corn and the Colonels. I am in the studio right now with John O'Potts from Shakori Hills. And thank you for listening to Carolina Grown. We will be back with some more music, and we will have some more tickets to give away for you guys, too. WKNC 88.1. You guys were just listening to some more Shakori artists. Uh, Before that, I gave away two tickets so far. That was one to Rick Ferguson and one to Daniel Hamilton. So congratulations to you two. You guys are going to hopefully have a fantastic time out there next week. I don't know how you couldn't at this point. Um, you guys were just listening to Holy Ghost Tent Revival with Telephone Wire. Incredibly excited for those guys. They're going to have a late night Saturday set, which is always, always awesome. They're going to be playing at Carson's Grove at midnight on Saturday. Uh, before that, you heard Peter Lamb and the Wolves with that mellow saxophone from their newest album, Humble Pie, which was recorded live at Humble Pie, uh, coincidentally enough. Those guys are going to be playing at the Dance Tent on Friday at about 6 o'clock. Uh, last time I saw those guys, they had 
an insane late night set at the dance tent. And it was like 1.45, and I was just thinking about getting ready to go back to the tents. And they pulled out the Mario theme song. And I was <laughs> you gotta, like... You got to love that. I huh? was like, all right, no, you guys sold me for the rest of the set. Yeah, guess I'm so not like, going anywhere. Yeah, uh, change of plans. Yeah. Um, so I do... I haven't been out to the other grassroots. Um, how would you say that the Finger Lakes and the Miami grassroots have different environments or vibes from Shakori? Well, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about all four festivals is they are all a little bit different. New York's in a smaller space, um, so it's a it's a, a lot more crowded. It's that is a really that's a party party scene up there, kind of a little more so than say the Shikori, which has got a really nice family oriented vibe as well as well as a, a really you know good dance and raging time. But uh, and then the Miami thing is actually on a little island outside of Miami, so you get a little bit of ocean, you get the Miami skyline view, um, a little bit more of you know the Latin culture down there. I'd have to say, though, Shakori Hills, man, you can't beat it. You get out there, and it's just a magical, wonderful place. It's Yeah, it seems it's almost like a conglomeration of the two. Like, because you get, you can tell the ones that have come from these other festivals. Like, with we were talking earlier about Swinelo, um, talking during the break about Equanimous Minds. They bring their bits of culture in, and you can see, I know I've met people that have come from these other grassroots areas up to Shakori. And it's just crazy to see a festival of this size with so much dedication. Yeah, I mean, people are coming from all over the place. You you were talking earlier about as long as you could drive to get here. I mean, I've flown from the West Coast to get to this festival. And, you know, I have a, a lot of friends and family coming down from New York. I'm really excited to see those guys. I let them know now whether they're listening that the weather down here is absolutely beautiful. And it's going to be beautiful for the weekend. So it's worth the trip and make sure you get out. Yeah, and it's like, even at the point, too, we were talking, even if it's not, you can't, like, you're standing in the rain and enjoying yourself. Like, I've I've left that place sometimes. Like, I left one time where I had bronchitis, but I had zero negative things to say about it. No. Like, I was sick throughout the week, yeah. but I was like... Yeah, no, it was fantastic. I wouldn't change a single thing about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm one of those people that doesn't like to make guarantees, but uh, grassroots is one of those things that I could pretty much say, if you like dancing, if you like music and talking with people and a lot of good fun, I can pretty much guarantee if you come out there, you're going to have fun. And I know very, very, very few people who have come out and not come back because it is that much fun. It's true. And that's the thing, too, is even if... I don't I've never met someone that has said this but if music is not your thing like there's still stuff that you can do out of Shikori even if it's not seeing music I looking I mean, at it right now like there's the yoga that you can do there's hooping there's so many workshops there's like you can learn to dance to this latin music it's just it's incredible how do you guys go about uh organizing these workshops and deciding what you guys are going to showcase each year well, I mean, that's kind of tricky. There's a, a wonderful, wonderful group of people, first of all. I mean, big props to the people who work day in and day out to put on this festival. They're wonderful, wonderful people, very, very hardworking. Um, you know, and we have a core that we do with the Zydeco and bringing up, you know, the the, the salsa and stuff from down south, but you sort of look at what you're going to have. You know, we've uh, booked some Creole music this year, so we find people that can teach Creole music, but we always, always like to have also some workshops. There's always... Not always, but generally going to be a fiddle workshop or a banjo workshop because we have those people. Luckily enough, a, a lot of the musicians that come out, grassroots in a way reaches so many people. It reaches the musicians too. I've met, you know, 
Bela Fleck there and chatted with him about it. Uh, I just worked with him this summer, and he still talks about how much fun he has there as well. So they want to give these workshops. They want to be involved. It's a great vibe. Yeah. Have, so do you sit in on some of these workshops? Have you been to any of these? You know, I have sat in on some of them and watched more than anything. My father is actually an incredibly talented fiddle player, as it goes. But um, he came down one year, and there was a fiddle workshop. And my father went up, and he sat for two hours and took a, like a sort of a, almost an introductory fiddle workshop because he was so blown away by this guy. And I mean, my he in no way needs a, a fiddle lesson, but the workshops were so great, and the guy putting it on was so wonderful. Actually, this year, a good friend of mine, Claire Byrne from Driftwood, is going to be doing the fiddle workshop, awesome. and she's awesome. So, you know, I I don't. I've taken a lot of dance workshops. I love to dance. If you want to learn to swing or Zydeco or dance some Creole, they'll teach you how to do it out there, and they'll teach you well, that's for sure. Yeah, and ironically enough, there is a uh, swing dance workshop happening right before Peter Lamb and the Wolves in the dance tent. Uh, that's going to start at 5 o'clock on Friday, and that's the cool thing, too, is that they pair these workshops perfectly with the act that you can do these dance moves that you just learned. Yeah, to. I mean, that's the really neat thing. If you look down the schedule, I mean, you'll see, you know, Saturday night, if you come to the dance tent at 9 o'clock, they'll give you a Latin dance workshop, and then right after that is Elastic Bond. I mean, it's it, you learn the step, they don't give you time to forget it, and grab a partner and have some fun. Yeah, and then Sunday there's the Zydeco, and then immediately followed by Preston Frank and Don on the Buffalo, which are like the mainstays of this festival. Um what is Donna's association with grassroots? Because I've heard a couple different things. Well, the way it actually started back in New York is Donna the Buffalo has been, is from that area, is from the Ithaca area of New York. And they came together, and it, it's the band themselves. Those people were in that original room that came up with the concept of grassroots in 1990 when they were pretty much laughed at and said, this is not going to work. And they've stuck with it. And Donna the Buffalo has been on tour for years and years, and they come back as... As the host band, um, the Jeb Purrier, who's you know the lead singer in the band, and, and his brother are two of the directors actually of the festival itself. So they're very very involved and always will be. Um, I don't know what stories you've heard, but when it gets right down to it, they are pretty much the host band for for the festivals and really help put it all along. Right, so they continue to have a very hands-on approach with all of the grassroots at this point? Yeah, they'll be at every grassroots festival. If you look through the program, you're not, you know, if you like those guys, you will see them. They have a great following. They'll be at every one of our festivals, and they'll be having as much fun as everybody else out there, too, which is always always a great piece of it. Definitely, and fitting that we close this out with Donna the Buffalo, because I feel like almost you can look down the schedule it's like there's a good chance that a lot of these nights you're going to end it with some dawn of the buffalo and every sunday night they do this dawn of the buffalo and friends set and you can never tell what's going to happen but it's always guaranteed to be fantastic even if zydeco isn't your thing you can go out there and enjoy this dawn of the buffalo set so closing this out thank you so much for joining me i have one more pair of tickets to give away I have uh, one more thing I'd like to throw out there real too quickly, uh, Grant. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, if you guys didn't get tickets, me and my friend Johnny are about to walk out the radio station. I have one more pair in my pocket. I'm going to be handing out programs. If you come find me before I get to my car, I'll give you guys one more set of tickets to the festival. So come on out. Shakori Hills Grassroots next week. You guys are on break, all you state listeners. So I hope to see you out there. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic, and that's that's just some of this Shikori community environment already permeating, and it's already a week away from the festival. So, um, like I said, call in at 919-515-2400 or 919-515-0881.
I am going to take the fourth caller this time. I'm getting ready to play a track from the Morning Brigade. The fourth caller that calls in, you let me know who you are most excited to see at Shakori, and we will hook you up with two tickets for a single-day pass for Shakori Hills next week. This has been the first episode of Carolina Grown. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. I will not be here in studio next week because I will be taking Shakori in, but I will be pre-recording segments with Tune in the Real Law, and I will be having another guest on as well that I feel like you guys are going to thoroughly enjoy. We will announce that next week. But thank you for listening. You're getting ready to listen to the Morning Brigade. They are playing at Shakori Hills next week as well. They are playing Thursday and Friday. This is Grant Golden signing off from Carolina Grown on WKNC 88.1.